This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. dedicated to piracy. Where's Pablo at, you ask? Well, he's in Chicago, everyone, attending the Adepticon tournament. In fact, we've got a couple different regular co-hosts out there. Well, really, just Pablo and Jeff Robinson are out at Adepticon, and they'll be coming in next week, likely, and telling you all about the tournament. For now, though, we have an episode dedicated to piracy. And who better to bring on as a co-host than the one, the only, the hero of LVO 2016, the Spider. Lawrence Baker himself, welcome to Tabletop Tactics, sir. <laughs> Thank you very much, Val. What an epic introduction. I, I literally am speechless. Well, that is a rare thing, given uh, <laughs> given what you're known for out there. Uh, and, talking uh, a lot, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Talking a lot, just a general 40K personality. It's great to have you on the show. Uh, we've got Thank some you. great news uh, that we can we can go over. I guess a couple of weeks back, uh, obviously, uh, you had your experiences at No Retreat 7? Yeah, that's right. Oh, it's No Retreat 6. I think no it was retreat No Retreat six. 6. Yeah. No Retreat 6, and we'll, we'll get to the, how those results went uh, uh, soon. Um, sure. And then we, uh, we also, of course, the uh, Adepticon in the room, uh, the, the singles event has, has concluded uh, just uh, a couple hours ago, really, at the time of recording, so we're going to have the opportunity to delve into some results there. Like I said, Jeff and, and Pablo are actually at the event, so we're going to let them get into the, the real deep weeds on it, but I thought we would uh, maybe go over the, the top four and, and some of the lists and uh, have For a look sure. at the top 16. For sure. I think it would be silly not to, given the fact that it's just happened. It has just happened. We are scooping this. We are letting the Warhammer world uh, know about uh, the, the results of this massive tournament. How do you feel about it's- this? Well, it's an exclusive, and um, obviously I feel very privileged to be able to share this with the world uh, immediately. <laughs> Triple exclusive. Let's do this. Um, so w- for all those uh, out there who may or may not be familiar with, with the, the Adepticon singles event, uh, it's actually a two-day event uh, taking place on the uh, Thursday and Friday. They've just wrapped up, as mentioned. It's four games, which uh, seeds a 16-player single round elimination sort of bracket to get to the final champion so that first day was obviously thursday it's all done through battle points so the four games are all uh, really uh tightly contested i think there were a little over 200 people this year i know they had 250 tickets sold and a very long waiting list took them a little while to get off the ground in the morning uh, but uh, they didn't wind up with a full bracket but that's fine uh after uh, the after the day was done there was a who's who in the top 16 and mm-hmm. i'm sure some uh, great players didn't quite crack the top list but 
you had uh, some some serious luminaries there. Do you recognize any of those names from your Vegas days there, Mr. I, Baker? I, I certainly do. Um, I mean, you know, <laughs> without giving it away yet, I'll let you introduce, of course, the winners and so forth. But uh, there are some pretty classic heavy hitters in there, um, top eight heavy hitters from the LVO. So it's, it's interesting to see them uh, again, just uh, pull those results out for Adepticon. Absolutely. I mean, just to say some names. Well, first of all, Mr. Jeff in control Robinson. He was running custodies at the event. Uh, he made it. Uh, he made it all the way to the top. We had uh, Matt Shookman, who's placed well at BAO and LVO in, in past years. Uh, Stephen Four, better known as AKA Juice. Juice, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, made the top 16 of of uh, other podcast fame out there. Also, I gotta say, you know, yeah, he went with Juice. You went with Spider. Yeah. I, I went with Heffelfinger. What does that say? What does that say? It says say that with? one of us uh, has a great sense of humor. Okay. That's good. That's good. That's what I was talking about. And it's Juice, by the way, if anyone was wondering. He has the great sense of humor. We have uh, Josh. We have Josh Death. Uh, he made the top 16 as well. Um, uh, Trent Northington. Thomas uh, Collier, which I, who I believe uh, is, is a... Is, is a luminary of the Warzone Atlanta and the Atlanta area. Um, I believe he, ha- he actually played in the last game on Warhammer TV on uh, on Thursday night. So he snuck in there in 16th place. Yeah. Um, so just a lot of great names. And you're noticing, oh, of course, uh, that we haven't uh, mentioned uh, Jason Sparks, one of my fellow uh, Team Canada teammates, Brad Chester, Nick Rose, um, we're getting into the top four now. Um, yeah. So anyway, just a lot of really, really great players and names. Um, so what does that say to you that, uh, that that all these familiar names are at the top, Lawrence? Well, for me, I mean, you know, like I, I've even played some of these guys like Joshua Death. Um, he actually made, well, he, he just missed out on the top eight. He graciously, um, at the LVO, uh, this past LVO, he graciously um, recalculated some points in his last game and then uh, ended up bowing out. But uh, he's a great player. Uh, and I think he's pretty much made you know that top 15 sort of arena uh at the past three lvos in a row uh we, we haven't actually mentioned the top two yet so i'll, I'll leave that to you but andrew gonyo you know good again another classic name that i see up there all the time i think it's interesting you know like the meta over there obviously a lot of the 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 big names over here in Europe on the ETC scene, you know, they don't really get out to the your, your, your the events out there very often. So it's we have this divide because we've got obviously got the I ocean it's, in between I think us. It's, uh, yeah, I was going to say I think it's called the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> you know. But um, I do think it's I, I really like it because I think it's very interesting in in Warhammer Forty Thousand. You know, it is a a dice-based game, but it it still very much is a skill-based game. You know, you don't consistently get the same names hitting the top spots without there being skill involved. You know, no one's lucky all the time, apart from Absolutely. maybe me. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I saw your most recent uh, your, your most recent performance uh, on, on the Tau uh, reveal with the Grey Knights. Oh, I was actually really unlucky in that one, wasn't it? <laughs> those were some, those were some uh, beardy dice that you were, were. You were throwing out there. <laughs> really Cold rocks. Were. They really were. Uh, they really uh, were. So yeah, so just bring her back down to earth here. Um, yeah, I guess no reason not to to reveal the uh, certainly the top four. Um, you know, as mentioned, uh, Nick Rose uh, made it to the the final four. Yeah. Uh, we had uh, uh, Stephen treat him mean, keep him keen, pay him preen. Uh, we've got. <laughs> Uh, and then two two people here that that you may or may not have heard of. One, Nick Nanavati, 
and Who's one that? Matt Root. I don't know now, who Nick, those guys are. Who are these guys? Oh, and you know what? I said it wrong. I said it wrong. This is, uh, hey, neither of us are American. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> so because uh, this is America, uh, it's not Matt Root. It's Matt Rutt. Oh, is it really? Is it's, that how? I'm announcing how... to the world. It's Matt Rutt, apparently. Okay. Yes. All right. And he, this, is, this comes from him on another podcast. He was uh, interviewing, I think they were guys from Minnesota, and they got his name right, and he almost fell out of his chair. Oh, so wow. there you go. Matt Rutt. Uh, right. versus uh, Nick, I'm gonna keep saying root because I'm I, I like, well, I like yeah, that's how, that's what I would say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Nick Nanavati, by the way, I've I've called you uh, the first uh, truly professional 40k player as you as you do play with toys for a living, which sure. that may sound condescending, but it is purely <laughs> out of envy. <laughs> it's just purely factual. Yes, <laughs> it is also factual. You, yeah. you you do get to play 40k for a living, and. Sure. Uh, and uh, through through much of your own hard work, and uh, Nick Nanavati actually sponsored for this event. I don't know, did you catch that on Facebook? I did, yeah. From uh, Knights of the uh, Round, no, that's Knights of the Gaming Table. That's it. Knights of the Knights at the Game Table. Night at the, yeah. Night at the Game Table. Something Night at like the Game that. Table. Yes, <laughs> yes. yes this, and this right. is why they sponsored him. All these people are like are googling Night at the Night at the Table. That's right. And no, not finding anything because we it, butchered the name. Other than the Arthurian uh, reference. Maybe Merlin will yes. pop up. I don't know. Who knows? Yes. Anyway, so I thought that was really cool. So they were actually um, live streaming a lot throughout the event. If you do want to see some really cool um, uh, sort of play-by-play throughout the day, uh, check out Brown Magic or The Brown Magic. It's uh, Nick Nanavati's personal uh, page on yeah. Facebook. And he was Facebook live streaming a lot throughout the whole event. Mm. Um, and so, yeah. So how, how shall we break down the, uh, the final four? So the... Uh, the final four was uh, Stephen Pampreen versus Nick Nanavati, uh, and then it was Nick Rose versus Matt Root. Maybe we should touch on some of the lists that these guys were running. I think that's a good idea. Okay, cool. So, I mean, without belaboring the point, because sometimes these uh, these list rundowns can get kind of tedious, but nonetheless, let's have a, have a look. You had actually um, uh, Matt Root and Nick Rose were both running uh, Tyranid lists. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, you're going to see some some usual suspects in there. Uh, a lot of flying hive tyrants. Actually, I want to have a look at old uh, yeah. Matt Root's list here in <clears throat> specific. Um, so it looks like he's running seven flyrants um, by the looks of it. Yeah, pretty sure it's seven. He's running the uh, <clears throat> Cal- I think it's a, yeah. This is the Caledonia Uprising um, uh, flyrant list essentially. Yeah, uh, I yeah. don't even really see any. Uh, I don't really even see any Variation. deviation. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. so that, and that's totally fine, guys. And this is run by a like amazing pilot, of course. Um, and for those who don't know, that seven flying hive tyrants, uh, you know, a mix of Kronos and Leviathan. So the majority of the flying yeah. hive tyrants have a six plus feel no pain, uh, and then there's uh, there's enough of one to have uh, you know the benefits of Kronos, which is really good anti psyker. You've got yeah. four Malwoks. Uh, you've got about seven um, uh, mucolid spores and then uh, three ripper swarms. And that basically allows you to do a, a null deploy, really, to start the game if you want. Yeah, exactly right. I think he's only got, uh, I think he's only got the two Morlocks in. Oh, no, he's got four. You're right. Yeah, yeah it is. It, it is the classic. Yeah. This is it. This is, uh, um, yeah, originated uh, overseas. This is, I've, I've referenced this list a number of times. It's Simon, I want to say weekly? I, I, don't remember the guy's last name, um, but obviously I know the Caledonian Uprising tournament. That's quite quite well. It's one of the biggest here in the UK, yes. Um, and where a lot of the um, the ETC 
uh, players often attend. So there's some big heavy hitters, if you like, that, that go to that event. But yeah, I mean, this list is is you know almost perfect for the eighth edition meta you've got the board control you've got the screening you're you're zoning out your opponents uh he's got great firepower good combat good psychic i mean really there's nothing that's not good about this list <laughs> you know it's it's, it's really good if I, I mean i'm actually literally right now lawrence looking at it i have uh i stumbled into a, a great secondhand army deal and uh it contained five tire flying hive tyrants so i'm building two but i'm literally sitting next to this army as as we're talking so this is providing me lots of inspiration oh and wow. when you look at and when you look at uh nick rose's uh a uh, list i do believe is it identical lawrence are you seeing any right so i'm having a little look at nick rose's list now and <laughs> i'm yet to find a deviation um <laughs> wow I, I think it literally is identical. It's damn close. And you know, in America, <laughs> Lawrence, they have, a, they have a saying, and I believe it's, uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <clears throat> well, look, I mean, that's, that's, it's completely understandable. And, and, and at the end of the day, when you've got a list which is, you know, near perfect, as, you know, not that you can get perfect in 40K, but you can get close. Um, you pilot it well, it will deliver. And if you end up facing the same list, then it's just going to come down to... Um, you know the objectives. Who 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 gets the right turn? Who gets the right drop? When and where? Absolutely. Said. And and who? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the uh, now let's let's so we we've we've uh, we've now read and seen the uh, the unstoppable force that is yeah. flying hive tyrants. Why don't we move on to the immovable objects, which are the two armies that matched up here? So against yeah. against so we have essentially and, and sorry to to to, to Matt Rude and, uh, and and Nick Rose out there if. If there was a variation between your two lists in our in our extensive research that we didn't catch, uh, <laughs> <laughs> apologies. But I guess I guess anyone out there would agree that you know they're going to run similarly, even if there are some some very minor yeah. changes. But we tactically can't really... they play the same, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, and uh, so let's let's have a quick peek here. So Nick Danavati uh, actually released his list, I believe, Wednesday night, very boldly, very boldly. To all three, yeah, I, I really like that about him. He's, <laughs> he's very. Very, very confident, and uh, you know, doesn't mind um, sort of showing showing what what weapons he's bringing. You know, you, he's, he's he hides nothing. Do you remember what the name of his LVO army was? I can't. It doesn't. I, well, I, I seem to remember uh, a reference that? to Reese about blaming him, and that it was in fact the LVO winning list. The LVO was, winning list. That's correct. That's right. Now, the funny thing about that, let me tell you, Val, is that it was actually the LVO winning list. <laughs> Turns out, <laughs> turns out it was the LBO winning list. Now, is yeah. that is that going to be our Babe Ruth pointing at the fence moment? You know, like, pretty much fully called his shot. I mean, that's pretty cool. I mean, the guy, the guy. I'm, I don't think I actually heard anyone talk about this, but he legitimately said that that was the LBO winning list. And if it he wasn't did. his version of that winning list, it was going to be someone else's. So he definitely had it. Um, yep. So uh, now we're looking at Nick Nanabadi. So he, he's he's not running. Uh, he's not running Eldar anymore, and I and I want to touch on something too, Lawrence, before we get into these next two, because I think it really does set up why these armies are where they are. I mean, first and foremost, because they're being played by amazing players. Uh, 100%. But, but second of all, these amazing players, because they're good, looked at the Adepticon meta 
as yes. they say. Yes. Uh, and specifically, I think, uh, and I think this is also why these lists tend to do well in the UK as well, because yeah. I believe in in Illinois and uh, and and the EU, they have tariffs on on terrain, Correct. so the, the the boards are a little a little sparse at times. Yes, <laughs> which is obviously cause can cause well not can cause does cause massive problems to to the game and the way certain armies can actually be played in it. Yeah, I think I think honestly, there's a lot of like. Uh, Despite there being a big ocean between us, there's a lot of uh, what they might call uh, chirping, uh, going back and forth. Yeah. About which which side knows how to play the 40k the right way? And you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I just I like 40k anyway. I can get it pretty much. But same. Uh, that's that's always been my philosophy. But I, I do honestly uh, believe that if if there was one significant difference between sort of the 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 ITC or certainly the LVO experience and the European experience, mm. it's terrain. And, and just the, 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 you can't overstate how big of a difference it makes. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. Um, and and just to touch on the the lists, but and, and as you said, you know the pilots that pilot them. Uh, I think what's what's interesting about these top players um, is that they're always very prepared for the events, the specific format of the event that they're going to. Absolutely. Um, you know that. This is they put a lot of time into this. You know, this this is not something they just throw together and then, um, you know, turn up and hope it does well. <laughs> yep. You know, there is a lot of thought uh, that's put into this, and you can see that in Nick Nanavati's list, uh, which I'm oh, looking yeah. at right now, actually. So why don't um, you this this uh, this will be? Uh, I mean, you are uh, you are a Renaissance man. I mean, you you have to be able to to feel just about <laughs> any of these. Why don't you Why don't you walk through and tell us about some of the wrinkles that you see present in this list? Sure. So, I mean, look, he's he's basically got um, <laughs> what's not written on this list, and please correct me if I'm wrong, uh, are probably the 200 pox walkers uh, that he's got in his box. <laughs> yeah, in a suitcase underneath the table. <laughs> yeah, you know. So this is a pox walker farm list, uh, as far as I can tell. Now, he's got Abaddon. I'm a big fan of Abaddon uh, and Black Legion in general. Um, you know, actually, I think that they could probably be utilized a lot to... to as well as Alpha Legion, controversial statement, but uh, that's something I believe in. Uh, I don't know who would got... have who would have ever contradicted you on that idea. Uh, well, well, you never know. There are people out there. So <laughs> now the interesting thing he's got, as well as he's kind of this is real chaos soup because he's mixed three different legions here: Thousand Suns, mm-hmm. Black Legion, and Death Guards. Yeah, uh, he's gone for the Zangor bomb as well. Now Zangors are really awesome. So um, sweet. Yeah, some would say that perhaps they are the only awesome thing from the Thousand Suns Codex. Um, whoa, that, whoa. That, I would say that's a bit harsh, but there Leave are some the that would say that. Leave the salt on the table. Leave the salt on the table. <laughs> that, this is coming from someone that owns 4,000 points of Thousand Suns. And so you've got like it. two units of Rubik Marines? <laughs> yeah, exactly. 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 I couldn't have said it any better. But uh, look, great to see the Thousand Suns. Got Araman in there. He's always going to be a good choice. Uh, Typhus to buff up his Poxwalkers. Um, uh, single demon prince in that uh, death guard battalion as well uh he doesn't have and uh, correct me if i'm wrong val but mm-hmm. um i can't see a relic on his list is that a thing in uh, adepticon you don't need to name the relic or because he doesn't have powers either so i'm guessing that you can just sort of pick and choose before each mission or it it does look like that i mean this actually touches on a, a potential side <coughs> controversy that that was avoided a little bit at at adepticon but yeah the oh, okay 
the uh, I, I honestly I don't know what was required to be on the army list and what wasn't. But uh, clearly, if Nick didn't have it on here, I would assume it it didn't need to be there. Oh yeah, but I mean, relics, for me, relics it's not an issue at all. I'm just curious yeah. as to what he would have taken. You know? Yeah. Um, well, what would you have you taken? Well, I mean, the thing is, Baker Avati. <sighs> yeah, Baker Avati. Uh, for me, at this stage, it would probably be separating plates or the um, the elixir um, for because he's got like the big characters he's got can't have relics anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I would have I would have buffed one of those princes, so either the Death Guard prince or the um, the other prince with the elixir of Slanesh, but um, from the Black Legion. That's probably what I would have taken. But I would have been curious if I'm missing something here. Uh, maybe there's a, a relic synergy that he. He, he has in the list as well, which I've missed, but I can't see it. But uh, in essence, guys, you know, he's got the cultist screens. He's got poxwalkers for days. And uh, given the terrain situation, uh, as I understand it, and the, the objective or the mission format at Adepticon, uh, having mass bodies to get these objectives um, is a massive benefit. Definitely. Um, and I think that's why we've seen, in a way, obviously this, this list is not like the Tyranid list, but... It has a lot of board control, and we can see that all of the lists in the top four have massive board control, and I think that that's the key thing here, and that's and what he's it, done. He's built the list for it. And honestly, I think if you're if you're gearing up to to face you know uh, you know flyers and things like that, I think uh, the the go to move for a lot of people is just you know try and eat up the board as much as possible. Don't let them exactly. deep strike where they want to. Uh, screen <clears throat> exactly. them well. Um, the uh, definitely having a lot of uh, boots on the ground, as it were, is uh, something that you want. Yep. Um, let's 100%. have a look. Um, so Nick Nanavati's list, by the way, also was, as we said, announced on his blog uh, just before the event. Um, and uh, so I, I don't see any, any references here to what he was planning on with, uh, with regards to his relics. Uh, but he does go into a little bit of detail about why he, he made the choices he did. So if anyone uh, is interested to see Nick's own view of his list, uh, please do swing by thebrownmagic.com. So let's go over to yeah. Steve, Steve and Pampreen. Steve, treat him in camp... <clears throat> Treat him mean, keep him keen, pampering. This guy uh, <laughs> beat me up at, at the Michigan GT, I guess, two years ago. We've been pals That's ever not very since. Nice. I'm really, uh, yeah, and then we played Warhammer. It was very awkward. <laughs> um, he has uh, he has been uh, been pal. It's amazing. You go to these these tournaments and you you uh, you do develop you, you develop friendships. You know, it's it's nice. Yeah. It's crazy, so isn't I, it? I mean, it's I'd almost like, like to, the hobby social. You you know right, <laughs> and that's why as soon as you can get back on the internet and just talk smack using an alias uh, in various Facebook groups. That's what you want to do, guys. Exactly. Um, so anyway, Steve Hamprian, congratulations, uh, gets to the top four with uh, with this list. Uh, a, a bit of a bit of a similar, I guess, feel to the to the Nevada list. Would you would you agree? Or look, or I is would agree. Doing something a lot different. Um, what it's. <sighs> It, I mean, look, it is different. It is different, to be fair. I mean, Nanavati is obviously running a, a, a spin-off of the Pox Walker farm um, with his Angor Bomb twist. But the the key thing with uh, Steve's list, which I find interesting, uh, because I rate this list very highly, of course, and it is it is something which is very much rife in the meta here. Funny thing is, is that what the top four Adepticon lists are pretty much what's dominating the meta here in the UK at the moment. So that is Correct. your your Chaos Soup Poxwalker farm. Uh, that is your Plague Burst Crawler, which is a spam, which is a, a, the newer uh, head to emerge, if you like, of this serpent. Uh, and that is, of course, Flyrant Spam as well, which obviously came from the Caledonia Uprising. Now, mm-hmm. what's interesting about 
Steve's list is that he's got he's only got the four plague bass crawlers. Yeah. Um. He, now he's got I can see one unit of obliterators. Uh, is that just the one unit he's got? Uh, it does appear to be. <clears throat> yeah. So he's just got the one unit of obliterators. But what he has done, and again, I think this is w- w- the sign of you know these players writing particularly for the mission format is he has actually put plague bearers in there which are often omitted from the plague burst crawler spam lists uh in the uk um mm-hmm. uh, at the moment you you might see a big occultist a, a bomb you know an alpha legion cultist bomb with them but you're not seeing plague bearers too often he's of course got epidemius because why wouldn't you i don't uh, know. He- i don't know i don't know why epidemius and trees isn't in every single list yeah. that has uh, nurgle demons in it it's yeah it's just- insane it is, you know, an auto include. Now, he, right, he's, he's another interesting one. He's got he's got blood letters, mm-hmm. but how many blood letters? I'm the formatting of this list is uh, is uh, oh, I'm I, having I, trouble I, with it. I will uh, I will quickly double in. Keep keep going down the list. I'll get you that okay. intel. Anyway. I'm assuming it's going to be the blood letter bomb because he's got the icon. So if it's less than thirty, I'll be surprised. Okay. <laughs> yeah, basically, I do the, believe I, I do believe it is ultimately. Uh, yeah. A good size unit back there. Uh, so basically, guys, the model count is cut off on the list that I'm looking at, so I can't actually see how many he's taken. But um, I have sa- I have I have sabotaged Lawrence Baker. He's sabotaged I'm, me. I'm, I'm making him look bad by not giving him good good well, intel. See, I, I just don't want to take responsibility for my own failings, so I had to no. I had to lay the or, blame on someone. You know, what the big, <laughs> you know what the big failing is here, Lawrence? Is that after all that kerfuffle, you didn't get your BCP app subscription in. Exactly. And, this and, is and what's happened. Best Coast pairings are an unofficial. <laughs> we kiss their ass every single episode because they are awesome and are letting they us, are by the way, awesome. do this list review. This is because Best Coast pairing exists. Yes. They do offer a subscription service. If you want to look at these lists, you can get yourself a, a subscription at Best Coast pairings, and uh, and you'd be able to read along just like Lawrence might be able to, which uh, which I will be able to directly after this as I sign up. I support this life choice. He supports fact, the life choice. I'm <laughs> a subscriber. Well, the funny I, thing is, you were the one that even made me aware that subscription was possible. I thought you only subscribed if you were a tournament organizer. You remember that conversation? I, was I like, do. What? I do. Yes. There's a subscription to BCP. Is that a thing? What does it do? <laughs> Gives you the hot scoop. Gives you the scoop. If I could just remember what I was looking up. Oh, yeah. Steve's list. Yeah. Okay. How many? So. Right. I'm assuming he's got one unit of three obliterators. Correct. Uh, a, a blood, right. A blood letter bomb of 30. Um, so his blood letters, you know, I'm in a, I'm in a group chat with him. I should know this off the top of my head. Actually running 20 blood letters. Okay. Well, to be fair, you know, it will still deliver the pain. So it's not, you know, most would run 30. As Corin does. As Corin does. As Corin does. Now, how many, how many models is he running in his two plague bearer units? Those I believe are maxed out. Right. Okay. So there we go. That's where his points have gone. So he's got two, two blobs of 30 plague bearers. Yeah. Look, this is a great list. Um, Friend of mine, uh, George White, uh, just came second at the Birmingham GT, which is another big one over here. Uh, and he ran six plague burst crawlers and three units of obliterators, mm-hmm. um, along with a cultist bomb and a couple of trees and epidemius. You know your your, your usual suspects, if you like. Um, and I mean, this is this is a spin off of that in a way, uh, except he doesn't have anywhere near as much firepower, but he does have a lot more 
bodies on the ground. It's an interesting one. I, I, I'm not surprised to see a Plague Burst Crawler list in the top four, but I've mm-hmm. not seen one quite built this way. So he's... It's it is a bit of a hybrid. It's, it's, it is. It works, works very interestingly. I, I, I got, actually played uh, Steve uh, via Facebook uh, video. He was on a, he was on a, a business trip. Now, check this out. So he's You're on a business trip. teaching me new things every day. <laughs> Uh, this is why this is why people talk to me. I just lay down <laughs> fresh new knowledge. So he's on a business trip. He's getting ready for 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 Adepticon. The dude brought uh, a bunch. Of, I guess he brought cardboard and scissors. He didn't want to travel with the army or something. Uh, and he cut out the base sizes roughly of of his list, and then every and then like enough base sizes to do every metal list you could think of. And so he would Facebook like video chat people. Uh, every night you would just you like occasionally you would just see this you know incoming call from Stephen Pamperine and be like okay what's your list and be like uh, I, I I guess I'm I'm running flyer and spam these days like, okay cool how many half giants it's like uh, seven and then he threw these cut out papers onto his hotel floor and I played a game with him but two turns of a game. Uh, practicing the Plague Burst Crawlers against the the Flying Hive Tyrant spam uh, via yeah. Facebook chat pretty cool so you were practicing and dedicated that that's that's shot. He was he was practicing that matchup using cardboard wow. cutouts of his ho- in his hotel room. So that so it. guys, if you're like you know top players, they're cheesy. All they do is spam. Uh, <laughs> th- these guys, oh, they're they're just they're they're just taking easy button win lists. Okay, this guy was was playing 40k, an imaginary game with imaginary toys on his yeah. hotel floor on a business trip. That's how much. That's what he was doing to win. So I don't yeah. know what you guys are doing. Yeah, it's dedication right there. And and the thing is, is that um, the, the spam lists, I mean, you, you, you touch on something which is interesting there as well. Obviously, you do have, I suppose, uh, uh, there'll be a group of, of, of folks that will be like, well, that you know, of course, these lists win. It's just because the lists are so good. They're broken. Hardy, hardy, ha, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, yes, look, they they are extremely powerful. And if they were brought down to your friendly local gaming store and used against... Uh, the player that's um, just picked up his start collecting box of Necrons. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> you know, I would say that that would be a little bit unfair. But <laughs> truly, truly. But, uh, you know, the, the thing is, is that these are extremely powerful lists, but they're extremely powerful lists in the hands of uh, extremely good players. Uh, and really, the issue, actually, in my opinion, is is not that the players have taken these lists because it is a tournament and they need to design the list and you need to bring your best tools for that tournament. Uh, the issue is is that the system at the moment allows it to be that way. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, we need to change the format of the system or, you know, the, the how the lists are built in the first place in order to get around that sort of in, uh, those sorts of spammy lists, if you like. And if, and if we were ready for a segue, that would be a great segue to talking about the event that you just got back from but we're not done yet let's uh let's maybe <laughs> let's maybe delve into what happened here because we haven't even said who won this bloody thing oh i i didn't realize that we were even going to bother talking about it i'm sorry oh you know what you're right these guys are bored let's just let's just talk about thousand suns fluff and right happened. no no okay. prospero uh, magnus did nothing wrong right so we, <laughs> we this is what i've heard this is what i've heard yeah. so uh, we've talked about the uh, the final four, uh, which yeah. is an American basketball reference, by the way. This is where you bounce a, a spherical object on the ground and run around. It, you may have heard of it. I've not um, heard of it, but cool. No, I know, and it's very strange. Um, so we're in the final four. We had uh, Nick Nenavati actually got paired with Stephen Pamperine, uh, mm-hmm. and then uh, Nick Rose and uh, Matt Rett 
had uh, had their pairing. Uh, so it was it was Florence on Florence and uh, Chaos on Chaos, setting up a very interesting final match. Of mm. course, uh, as we know, and the listeners are about to find out, uh, uh, Stephen Pamperine, uh unfortunately goes down swinging against Nick Nanavati. I did get a little bit of a a sideline report on it. He felt like he did what he could, but ultimately he said uh, what would carry the day there is just how much more uh, firepower uh, and shooting all those cultists had uh, against what he was bringing, which was a lot of close combat. Yeah. Um, he he also, the limited shooting he had was severely impacted by negative one to hit that the Alpha Legion cultists had. Exactly. Um, so his move was to, uh, you know, take the, the, the center objective. He did get first turn. You know, we were, we were actually hyping it up pregame. <clears throat> Yeah, and he was talking about what he wanted. He wanted to get his first turn, and uh, and and sort of just take that center objective. The issue is, from what I understand, the mission that he was playing was uh, uh, not as heavily weighted for the objectives. I guess there was a little bit more heavily on the secondaries, and uh, he felt really strongly about the performance. Nick, he said, was a great guy, great great game, uh, but ultimately Nick uh, was able to win that battle of attrition and and get to the top table. Yeah, get to the top table. Yeah, and, and so does that surprise you? We're looking at those lists. What, what would you think? Well, no, it doesn't. Been? And this is the funny thing. I mean, I was kind of, sort of, kind of maybe hinting at it when I was speaking about Stephen's list. Is that because it's the hybrid of the the plague burst crawler spam? It, it is lighter on the firepower, and uh, I, yeah, I I think as he said, you know, he's he said it against it. He just didn't quite have enough firepower to deal with what. Um, Nick brought, which I mean, he most armies wouldn't anyway, because Nick's bringing a Pox Walker farm, right? But well, I mean, it is, it is, and it isn't a Pox Walker farm. I think he covers this in the blog, which, which is kind of under it. He he says that he was trying to build a list concept around the idea of Pox Walkers, yeah, and then eventually was like, screw this, man, I'll just build a really good cultist list. And then realized that he could just cram in a couple poxwalkers and have that as an option. You know, exactly. like he doesn't have to, he doesn't even need really to do that. The dude's got a hundred and no, because the list fifty got, bodies on the table. Exactly. Well, the list is full of alpha units anyway. Yeah. You know, what I sorry when I say alpha units, I mean units which I can consider um, point sufficient and competitive, right? Yeah. So he's he's got a list full of alpha units. He's got his Angor bomb. He's got three massive blobs of cultists. Um, two, of course, with Marcus Slanesh, Furendus Cacophony. They're fearless. That's the key thing. This is why wow. I like abandoned the spoiler. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and uh, they're rerolling their hits. Thanks very much for playing. No, I th- I think the list is great, but as you say. If he's got those 200 pox walkers in a box by his feet, uh, mm-hmm. he's got that option too. And that becomes a massive problem <laughs> for opponents, problem. you know. And as, uh, as, as you guys say on, on, the, on the show all the time, I think i got to have a think. Yeah, that's right. I think I'm going to have a little think about that. <laughs> uh, I just don't think that ultimately Stevens' list had enough firepower. And because, because it was a hybrid list, but he had the bodies to hold objectives and he had the resilience with the four plague burst crawlers. But uh, I think personally, I would have liked to have seen um, probably two more units of obliterators, or maybe he could have gone six six uh plague burst crawlers one unit of obliterators but then of course that means that he's he's going to yeah. have to probably lose the corn blood letter bomb he's, yeah, he's compromising in other ways and he actually yeah. was saying too it was, it was cool because he just gave up on the idea of, of killing anything he yeah. left the corn guys actually his his blood letter bomb was his backfield screening unit just ran down the backboard edge we see so, that's very uh, interesting that's so he just, he just, he just, it was, it was cool the way he he, he really thought yeah. it out and and I wish I had this kind of insight on the on the next two 
two games that we're going to talk about. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it was it was it sounded like he uh, he gave it his best, and obviously Nick Nanavati, a great player. Um, yeah. And uh, and uh, Steve's had some great finishes over the over the years, and hopefully one day he'll get through. Well, um, look, I, we're obviously nitpicking at a very very uh, you know <laughs> surgical level on Steven's list here because it is actually a fantastic list. Well, when you're when you're on the last two tables, Nick. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Yeah, you have Brilliant. the last two tables. So yeah. here we go. So we'll we'll flip over to the matchup where there were no compromises. Uh, right. Would you believe between Nick Rose and Matt Root, Tyrannitz won? No, really? Yeah, that, yeah. That, that's and, strange. And can you look at this OP stuff? Flyrant spam won in that matchup. Flyrant spam versus yeah. Flyrant spam, and yeah. lo and behold, Flyrant's win. But who was yeah. piloting them, ladies and gentlemen? Matt Root or Rudd? Yeah wins yeah. uh, the, the, the semifinal matchup in the mirror match. That's a tricky, tricky matchup. And it, it turns is. into, you know, you're going to, you got to be real crafty. Um, now, yeah. why do you think that is? Uh, well, this is, I actually said it right at the beginning of this, didn't I? I said, if you, if you, you end up bringing, you know, your alpha list, um, you've bought the best tools in your box and you end up facing someone who's also got the same tools uh, at that point, it's really going to come down to the mission. Who gets the upper hand first? Uh, so sometimes first turn can be a massive thing, depending on the objectives and mission, of course. Uh, and obviously then, it just comes down to the skill of the players and you know the, the luck of those dice as and when they need it. Uh, having that mirror match in Adepticon is very interesting, I, I, I think, actually. I think <laughs> I would really like to have seen the game. I would really like to have seen the game from the beginning to end because I think sure. those two players. Do you think Ed, was was there a big following on, you know, who who was calling the winner when both when both armies were fielded? Did people already have a favorite at that point? Unfortunately, you know, I don't I don't think so. And there was there's not a like LVO does a lot to. Uh, you know, have a stream. Uh, Nova's got a stream that goes. I think a lot of the big tournaments have adopted. You know, some some bit of a hype machine behind it. You had yeah. Warhammer TV there, but yes, you know, they're 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 focused on you know some more of the aesthetics of the game. Now, nowhere that I was looking, um, yeah. you know, had it. But yeah, Matt Red did, does come out on top. You know, with with this kind of a list, the the, the Flying Hive Tyrant list to me actually isn't much of an alpha striking list. It is yeah. a it is actually just a, a, an amazing all-rounder. You yeah. know, it is, you know, each 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 hive tyrant, you know, it, people say it's spammy, but and it is obviously. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, you can't deny that. Yeah, it and is I'm, spammy. And I and I will not deny it, but to me each tyrant is really three different models, you know, cuz they can do something in each phase of the game. Exactly. Um, you know, they they're a threat, you know, for movement, they're a threat for for psychic phase, they can shoot well, um, and they can fight well. Oh, sorry about this. Um, you know, so it's it's um, it's just something to me that that makes them very all round. However, they are limited in their strength, so you know their toughness seven, but you know their strength six in shooting and close combat. Yeah. Uh, the the Malwalks are limited to the same thing. Um, so if you got you know tyrannid on tyrannid crime going on, it's going to be a bit of a slap fight. Yeah, exactly. And and this is this is why I'd say it would be very interesting. And I'd like to watch the game because at that point you're looking at the target priority of the players you're looking at how they play the mission you know it, yep. it becomes real skill at this point yep. um because you're you're you know you're playing the same list right so you, you <laughs> what, maybe, what more can you do maybe we've stumbled on the 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 new competitive 40k format everyone just brings the same flying hive tyrant list and then we really do know <laughs> who the best player is in this, this is case true. though in this case though we now have matt root nick nanavati how cool is this 
the last two LVO champions. Yeah, yeah. Is that is that not pretty neat? I, I, well, I, as, as I said, it's a testament to you know their ability as players yeah. and their dedication to you know the the study of the the meta and the mission formats that they play in. Um, and you know, it, it doesn't surprise me that they're both in the top top sixteen and then subsequently the finals. Uh, of Adepticon because you know they, they've they've got the skill to deliver it absolutely and so on this one so at, at first blush we've got Matt Root we got a whole lot of uh, bodies and Nick Nanavati's list two of the easily the best players that uh, anyone can name yeah. um, what do you think happens here Lawrence if you're just if you're it, just if you're just setting this up and I know you know the <clears> result <throat> what do you think happens. And you can make yourself look really smart because you know what happens. <laughs> well, obviously, I would have picked uh, Matt Root, I believe you say, uh, to win straight off the Rutt. bat uh, because he did. You win. would? No, I wouldn't. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> like you know, they're all jokes aside. Uh, I don't know. I really don't know. And because the lists were the same, uh, and this is my own ignorance on my part, I don't know what the final mission was either. You know, I don't know the mission format of Adepticon. I know it is different to. to so this uh, is different. This is actually in the final. Nick Nadavati, Matt Root. Yes, why I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, you're asking Nick Nan of Ah. Oh, I yeah, sorry. Yeah. This is this is the uh, this is. So the we know the mirror point. match is is going to be come down to the pilot, but but Nick Nan of Matt Root, <sighs> Matt Root. What what do you think coming into that? Who do who do you think actually takes that? Okay, right now you see now you've got a question for me. All right, right. Um, this is an unstoppable force, immovable object again. Yes, you know. Right, I think I think now Nick actually ended up losing to he actually ended up losing. To um, to Florence anyway, didn't he? Well, he loses this round. You just blew the lead, Lawrence. Yeah, I'm oh, sorry. I'm you so just sorry. Blew the lead. <laughs> sorry. I'm That's so right, sorry. Matt Root. Everybody, Adepticon 2018 <laughs> champion. Blow the air horn. He won. Now we're gonna go. Now we're gonna double back and, and think about why we think he won. Yeah, but here's the thing. <laughs> so I just had to because the tension was so much. I had to burst the bubble. You know, you know. I know you're sweating much. over there. You're used to a clammy climate. It's exactly. too hot. That's what got you on the, this is the pirate edition. Okay, this is an illicit podcast. You've got to be ready for some hard hitting stuff here, Lawrence. I, I don't look. Do you know what? I think both are really good. Uh, I don't think there is a clear winner every time. I think if you played, if you they both played the same matchup ten times in a row. I think we would have a fairly even number of, of wins. Now, bear in mind that that statement is based on me not knowing what the final mission was, because that yeah. is a factor, and I want to know what that format was exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I mean, because I can see Nick winning that game with his list. I really can. I can see Feels him like winning it's it. It's within the ability of that list, certainly. I mean, he designed yeah. it. I mean, let's let's go to his own words here. Um, so uh, he chooses army for reasons, uh, for a few reasons. Uh, he wanted to be sure his list can handle uh, the more dominant forces in the meta. To that end, I had to first determine what armies I could face. He lists off a lot of them, uh, and but here's what he wrote for Tyranids, specifically Flyrant Spam. Yeah. While it hasn't really taken off in the U.S. due to the ITC dominating the format for the first few months, this list has been crushing in Europe. Believe me, it is no joke. He ain't laughing now, is he, Lawrence? He, he's not, because he's not only written that, he foresaw his own doom. He saw it. He's like he's he's like sanguinous. 
well this well i think it's the elder player in him isn't it you know he, he's uh, he, <laughs> and because he didn't More bring of an elder the elder moment. exactly he didn't bring the elder um well, where are they gonna yeah, hide well yeah exactly he couldn't bring the elder but because he didn't bring the elder he got um unfortunately his fate was sealed the minute he decided to bring the chaos it was inevitable it's a, it's a sad story we should probably you move know. on <laughs> But no, so, all jokes aside, I see him winning that game, honestly. I think his list is capable of dealing with the flyer and spam, which then brings me back to, I would really like to know, did he have a suitcase full of 200 pox walkers? Like, did he legitimately have those models available? Right. Second, what was the final mission format? How many objectives were there? Uh, and did he go first? These are all... Wonderful, insightful questions that I'm sure our audience expect us to be able to answer. Uh, you mean you don't know the answers? I, I only I came don't... on the show because you said you knew everything. So no, that's why you're on the show. <laughs> I'm a co-host. All right. <laughs> okay. I'm not time. even a host. I'm a co-host. <laughs> I, I, I've stolen all of this. Uh, you know, and, and here's here's what at the very least what I'll give you. I, I know Nick's going to have a great write up on his blog. Yeah, uh, they, they've got some great podcasts going on. I'm sure people can get the scoop there exactly as to what happened. Uh, big congratulations to Matt Root. Uh, he appears on podcast leg quite a bit, actually, most yeah. notably on the Heroic Intervention podcast. So if you guys ever tune in there, I would I, maybe maybe they get a hot interview. Um, so, you know, I'm sure these guys uh, will uh, appear out there, but we're just scooping them because. Yeah. You, uh, I mean, Lawrence said it awkwardly as as best as anyone ever did. Matt Root wins, everybody. <laughs> Matt Root wins the Adepticon uh, 2018 tournament, and I guess that's that's it really for our tournament news. There. Yeah. Um, any any thoughts uh, before we wrap up? You know, top 16 itself. I, I know I didn't send you uh, all of the lists. Um, you had some interesting other ones. Uh, certainly, I think. Damn near half Tyranids. I mean, like, like lots of Tyranids made it up there. Well, that doesn't um, surprise me based on what limited knowledge I have around the mission format of Adepticon. Um, they they, they weren't. That yeah. I was just going to sort of interrupt you. They, they weren't um, all the uh, the Caledonian Uprising uh, Simon Tyrant list, uh, however. Uh, there was there were some wrinkle. I mean, lots of Hive Tyrants regardless, but um, sure. lots of wrinkles. Uh, dudes bringing, um, uh, you know, uh, actual bodies uh with the tyranids uh we had um here's one have you seen uh the dark talon uh dark angel spam list have you seen that uh i haven't seen it but i had a guess it would probably be five or six of them uh with mm -hmm. dark shroud and azrael um yep. is that pretty much the core of the list uh, that sounds about right yeah uh, right <laughs> dark, dark, dark shrouds are real uh they, <laughs> they are they're real um yeah there was uh jeff and control robinson running a really cool if I'm not mistaken, fairly pure custodies list. Uh, See that we'll, we'll interests hear... me. So let, tune in next week. Maybe we'll get a new listener out of you, uh, out of you, Lawrence. I don't know yeah. how much you tune in. I know you paint a lot, so you should get into podcasts. I, I do, I do. Well, I, I try uh, and listen to as many things as I can whenever oh, I can. Frontline gaming uh, signals from the frontline. Just uh, th throw on the chapter tactics uh, subscription, pal. Um, yeah. So yeah, there's uh, anyway. It's just to wrap it up. There were, there were some other interesting lists, but ultimately, you know, the best players and. Probably the best lists rose to the top in this one. Yeah. Was Joshua Death running his Blossoming Death list? His list, I, I looked at it on, on day one, and he, it was a bit of a modification, if I, don't, if I, if I do recall. So I don't no think longer it was the fortification pure... with, with uh, a bunch of pops? He stopped, he stopped running the fortification almost uh, immediately after LVO, actually, which, okay, which bummed me out because I'm of an Achilles Stronghold 
supporter as you well you know. are i know i i saw it in the flesh <laughs> in 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 the plastic um so yeah the, the again guys uh, lots of <laughs> lots of really interesting lists uh in the in the not just the top 16 but you know uh certainly outside of that you know there could have been a tournament winner that got a bad beat right so we yeah. want to you, you want to when you're reviewing these lists don't just focus on the the absolute cream of the crop have a look through. See see some of the guys who are just on the edge. The one-loss lists are always very telling to look at. It's a mm. great way to research and find out uh, what you need to prepare for. Just like our friends uh, Nick Nadavati and uh, Matt Rutt. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so why don't we uh, take a break? Uh, I'll throw in one of... Uh, Pablo's uh, fine commercials. I'm going to take all the revenue, though, because this is the piracy episode. And then we're going to come back <laughs> and we're going to talk with Mr. Baker about his recent events uh, over in the territory? Colony? What well, is it? I, I, it's like sovereign territory. Yeah. It's sovereign territory. So it's, it's yeah. British land. That's right. So, okay, over in The Rock, he was hanging out with, with, uh, with uh, Harrison Ford, uh, <laughs> stormed up, stormed up the, the banks of it. Rock is Sean Connery, isn't it? Is it Sean Connery? I think, I think so. Harrison Ford was like he was like a like a German holding a clip clip uh, clipboard in the background of possible. Of, uh, of that movie, uh, which yeah. escapes me. Anyway, we're gonna come right back with Lawrence Baker. Are you looking to promote your event or 40k related product to an audience of like-minded gamers? Try out a sponsorship with Chapter Tactics. For an average industry rate, you can have your tournament, convention, or unique product advertised here in this time slot. If you or someone you know is interested, please email me at frontlinegamingpdpab at gmail.com. Once again, that's frontlinegamingpetypab at gmail.com. And thank you very much for your consideration. And welcome back to Chapter Tactics Pirate Radio Edition. I am still here somehow. With, <laughs> so am I. <laughs> with Lawrence Baker. He's hanging in there with old, old Uncle Heffelfinger here on the podcast. <laughs> and while we were uh, powdering our noses, getting our, our makeup done, and all of our assistants rushed out to give us uh, spritzes and uh, some, <laughs> some, some lemon water, uh, we were talking about uh, how, you know, we're, it, it, it's all well and good to talk about the Adepticon meta, but uh, Lawrence, there's a much rumored, um, you know, bomb, bombshell about to go off. Uh, really? What, what, am what are you talking about? about? What are you talking what about? What am I talking about? I think you uh, might I, be talking about this whole March FAQ slash errata thing that might drop. The March FAQ slash errata thing. Now, full disclosure uh, about our lack of disclosure, neither <laughs> of us know anything about this. I, I can say that. Correct with with truth you don't i mean i know you're you know you kind of have gotten the the, the 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 tap on the shoulder you've, you've been you've been welcome the to the back handshakes. of the restaurant yeah. put the jacket over you well look you know, you're I, a made I, man I, lawrence but not quite that made no look I, look i've been in, i've got a great relationship with games workshop they're absolutely awesome um and they've they've been fantastic uh, this edition reacting to you know emerging changes in the meta and so forth and uh, and i am privileged to know some things which is fantastic and i'm very lucky and i get some preview copies of uh, codexes and stuff but i can genuinely tell you right now this is an exclusive 
I know absolutely nothing about the upcoming <laughs> FAQ. <laughs> I'm just going to cut you off right there. Exclusive reveal. Lawrence Baker knows absolutely nothing. That is, that's, we're just going to cut it right there. That's it. That's it. It's a um, <laughs> so the reason why, why are we talking about something we know nothing about? And I think the reason was we were, we were sort of chatting, so we thought we'd get it on, on, on tape. Um, mm. is, is just the idea that, like, with Adepticon, you know, the world's about to change. And, you know, something like Flyrant spam or even Plague Burst Crawler spam... Um, do you think that GW, in all of its wisdom, and it, and it often exhibits the wisdom, uh, will be able to react fast enough to catch some of these emerging things? Like, Flyer and Spam really emerged you know, a couple months ago. Mm. Dark Reapers were well-established. I mean, they were beating up people at the heats, you know, right at home in Nottingham. That's right. That's right. I don't know if they've been exposed to Flyer and Spam, really. Um, what well, are your thoughts? Do you think <clears throat> they're going to catch some of the more emergent things? It's an interesting one because um, uh, some, I, I don't know how familiar you guys are with, you know, how Warhammer TV works and so forth, but actually some of the design studio um, writers tend to go out to the big events with the Warhammer TV crew. Now, you don't see them generally on the live stream, so you're not really aware that they're there, but they go there to actually look at the meta, look mm -hmm. at how the armies are being played, you know, speak with competitive players, speak with a different variety of people. And you so could forth. usually spot them because they have, uh, <clears throat> uh, they're basically white in the face, they look <laughs> horrified. Yes. and want to cry because they can't believe what we're doing to their game. That's right. They, they have absolutely no idea that it was possibly able to be played this way. <laughs> what? Yes. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's a fact. But, but the funny thing is, is that that is actually true um, to, a, to, to a degree, you know. And um, these guys go out there and look at these things and address or write down or you know in their little uh, their tomes you know their their dusty tomes full of knowledge they put uh, notes in into what they think they may need to address in things like faqs uh, codexes etc now mm -hmm. we do know that they must be to a degree <laughs> aware of florence spam aware of Plague Burst Crawler spam. They must be, because if they've gone to these last, you know, they were, they were at the LVO. Um, Flyers weren't. Flyers weren't. And there's yeah. one, one notable Plague Burst Crawler uh, list. That's uh, right. That's uh, kind of almost there. where it started, uh, right? the LVO, is yeah. the, with the Plague Burst. Old, old Don Houston. That's it. The man what Don Houston. <laughs> I love that guy. Right. So um, <laughs> here's the thing. I, I, I'd be very surprised if they weren't aware of it, okay? Because uh -huh. obviously we've, we, that's just the American side of things, uh, and we've got that all over the place here uh, in the UK as well. So I don't think it's an issue of them being aware of it. I think the issue is, is how early have they already written this FAQ? Sure. And do they make changes up until the last moment? Now, in my mind, and I don't know this, folks, so don't quote me on it, but in my mind, because it's effectively a, a written PDF, you know, it's, there's nothing fancy here, nothing broadly published in written material, it should be very easy to make last-minute changes to said FAQ, which then brings us to, well, do they playtest these changes, uh, or do they just make a decision based on what they think um, might work better? I right. don't know the answer to that. So, Well, they, I mean... They It'd be. I. I would love to have some insight to mm. the certainly the feedback process. Um, it, it'd be really cool to know like 
at, at, at what level are the the because the, they have some of the best players in the world, certainly some of the best organizers. So guys yeah. who you know have their finger on the pulse out there testing this game, you know, yeah. providing regular feedback. You know, what stage of the creative process does that actually happen? Mm. Or is is that FAQ that that tails the codex two weeks? Is that what the you know you know the 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 play testers are feeding back on, um, you know, and you know how nimble nimble can they actually be? Mm. I mean. Well, we'll see. I mean, they seem to have reacted like last summer um, with boots on the ground, really exactly. fast to the to, to the ATC, and and, and actually not very just the quickly. ATC. You know, that, I mean, that was within a month or two, right? Exactly. So, so I mean, God, they can do it. They can do it. I also want to draw, and so while we're saying this, like this should release Monday morning, and at that point, this fact might have already dropped. So who well, knows true. what's in exactly. it? Exactly. Right? Like, exactly. could be cool. Um, and uh, one thing uh, I, I just want to speculate on, and I'm really excited about, is in one of the early communications about their uh, FAQ schedule, um, schedule, um, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they uh, they said that it wasn't just about you know taking the you know kneecapping uh, things like Dark Reapers, uh, but it was also about bringing up uh, units that they aren't seeing, you know, Which stuff that's exciting. not making the table. Exactly. How cool would that be if that- like is almost oh, more man. important in a way, in my like, opinion. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, buffing is, and that's, you know, we were speaking briefly about the Tau Codex. To me, like, you know, they, they limited commanders, whereas yes. what they could have done is just balance the rest of the book or balance commanders against the rest of the book, right? That's another option yes. that you have. Yeah, you know, you've got uh, two you ways buffing. to do it. Yeah. Yeah, you got you have two sides of the ledger, right? You got uh, inflows and outflows. So. But it's interesting. <laughs> this is true, you know. <laughs> but this is the interesting point that goes with that. Since we've already set the precedent, if you like, of limiting a powerful model, um, they've shown that they're not afraid to do that. Right. I could absolutely see something like the the, uh, the FAQ saying, oh, well, now Hive Tyrants, one per detachment, you know? Sure. Now, obviously, I don't know this. <laughs> so, no. And, uh, you know, if, if that's not something that you want to see, Please don't be salty because I've said it might happen. I don't know. <laughs> but and, I think yeah. we have to be realistic that it is an option because they've just done that in the latest Tau Codex. So I, I'm going to use this as a, as a really great jumping off point, I think, to talk about No Retreat 6 and the No Retreat series of tournaments. Mm. Um, so uh, we don't know what's going to happen with the FAQ. No. Uh, we you know, No Retreat started, I think, what? It was a 7th edition tournament to begin with, right? There, it was, yeah. The first one I went to was 7th. So 7th, obviously, was when um, GW had uh, retreated into its dark tower, uh, its mountain lair uh, above the clouds on the mountain, and was just throwing lightning bolts out from behind the clouds. We didn't know what rules as intended were because they didn't tell us. And so, you know, it it spawned, I thought, uh, you know... uh, it was it was upsetting to me that there were a lot of people who believed you know that, that we we should play the play play it as it as it lies uh, with with that book, but it, it did spawn a lot of really great um, you know comp mm. formats uh, for tournament play mm. and all kinds of different play, which I think is ultimately what they hoped would happen. Yeah, um, and No Retreat was one of my favorites. So in those days, um, you know, in seventh edition, uh, you, you you had a different version of soup uh, via the allies chart. And uh, No Retreat did, uh, if I, if uh, correct me if I'm mistaken, was mono faction, so you could do only only take from one book. That's right. And uh, with some exceptions around like uh, Inquisition and stuff, I think exactly. Maybe. And Chaos uh, Demons could go with with Chaos Marines, yeah. yeah. And you could take one formation and a CAD, 
So yep. uh, combined arms attachment, and then and then so your armies were very uh, you know thematic, you yeah. know they were aesthetically pleasing, and you still had some real beat face options. Oh yeah, 100%. so so. It was I, I used to I used to whenever I heard people talking about tournament play it sucks it was or you know like you only get all these like really gross like because if you if you were playing like Adepticon last year had uh, come the come the apocalypse allies this time last year wow right? sis. did it really right Gosh, yeah it, it, like so, <laughs> so you could you could run anything you right like literally anything so what happened when I, I want to go back in time to No Retreat Five. Uh, oh wow! A less the happy dark time, times. maybe in your life. The dark times. Uh, You're going to bring this up with me right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so what? So we have just entered the, the the we have dawned into the age of eighth, eighth edition, where index, pretty much index forty k for the last one. Yeah. Uh, what does No Retreat, Retreat do to its comp? It's beautiful comp comp format. <laughs> You're going to upset me. <laughs> That's what I live to do. I live to do. <laughs> well, to be fair, so they did have um, they did have some comp uh you were still only allowed the one sub faction keyword so uh in layman's terms you were only allowed to run the same faction you couldn't have like uh white scars detachment with an ultramarines blah blah you know um so oh, okay that's interesting now they did have that but what they did take away was is they just went for the the um uh, three detachment limit right out of the rule book and they didn't limit any power level or anything like that so you could literally bring whatever you want as long as it was you know the same army now uh, this is a delightful uh you know um essentially vacation tournament for english <laughs> yeah. youtubers yeah that's um, right exactly no one else uh, goes <laughs> <laughs> You know, UK. I should I should open that up. UK YouTubers, maybe some from the continent too. But um, you know, all kidding aside, like you know, these guys are—they're not all a bunch of whack power gamers. I mean, it's a GT, but we're just out there for a fun time, right? I mean, nothing went wrong. No, right? no nothing went wrong at all. What what, <laughs> what 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 kind of stuff could pop these these innocent fluff bunnies have brought? Okay. This is what happened when I got on the plane to to leave England to fly to Gibraltar. I suddenly realized that the plane was in shadow. You know, when you sort of take off and you're like, this is a bit odd because really the only thing above me right now should be the thick cloud layer, uh, mm-hmm. which it happens, you know, the smog above London and maybe the sun trying to creep through. But I was there. overshadowed here. And do you know uh-huh. what it was when I looked up? Uh, more smog? No, it was that bloody big bird, Atios. <laughs> His wings nice. had eclipsed the sun, and he had decided to fly to the Rock of Gibraltar in that the hands. Is... <laughs> uh, so that basically, that's what we call Big Bird Gate. Um, I took my Dark Elder, you know, as you do, which at this time... And you're wide-eyed. You're excited. You know, yeah, like, you know, oh, like I a, can play with them again. Exactly. Like oh, a Disney back. squirrel, you know, furry tail, um, just big eyes, just, you know, I'm chirpy. Play with my friends. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, instead of holding nuts, I was holding Dark Elder toys. Everyone right. was happy, you know. Uh, <laughs> I, I landed in Gibraltar and fought my way through two vicious days of gaming all the way to the final where I came across Chris Tuttle, who uh, is a good friend of mine <laughs> and the owner of said big birds. Okay? Uh-huh. Uh, and this was the time where 8th edition, for, for you folks that will remember, had just dropped. Uh, it was probably about four months in. It's like September or October? Yeah, one? exactly. It was like, it was, it was a baby. 
you know it was a disney baby and uh, and big bird at the time was uh, only 700 odd points and was already dominating the meta yeah, uh, was a very well known asset. To, yeah, made it to uh, the Chaos top Wave. table at, at Nova, almost the exact same moment. Yeah, exactly. It lost at Nova, but yeah, <clears throat> exactly. And it, it was also in the top tables when I played um, and won GW Heat One as well. It was the yeah. same thing. So it, you know, Big Bird was everywhere. It was a big thing, uh, and so he's brought Big Birds to this event, <laughs> and uh, we had a very interesting game. A very interesting game. Because back then, Dark Elder, when the indexes first dropped, and we didn't really have any codexes, Dark Elder were actually mm-hmm. really good, right yeah. out the bat, uh, right out the gate. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were actually very good, and uh, we had an epic game. We actually got timed out. We got to like turn four, I think, in the end, and cool. he he beat me on the uh, primary, and I beat him on the Maelstrom. And it's actually. We- Go ahead. Yeah, go on. Yeah, I don't no, know. I was just going to say it's it's an epic finish, uh, yeah. and I highly recommend Voxcasts. Are they are they freeview always? They are always freeview, my friend. Yes, I, I would recommend everyone out there go to YouTube, check out Tabletop Tactics on YouTube, and dig up the um, the Voxcast, which is what Lawrence calls sort of his his like his battle reports or his messages to the to his audience. Yeah. Uh, and, and he does a wonderful tournament report, and the last game is pretty epic. Um, but uh, I won't spoil it because I actually think it's worth watching. So, okay, I guys, won't say what happens. Go, but... <laughs> go out and watch it because it's cool, and he, he's got he's got footage of how it actually ends. Because yeah. Lawrence, you have a bit of a history with No Retreat, don't you? I, I oh well, some would say um, that I do. I, I so I've been to all six so far, and um, as of as of recording this with you, my friend, I have won four of them. You've won four of them. <laughs> I've won a, four. A, clip, a 66% clip. Not too bad. That's it. Now, I, I consider myself to have actually won the fifth one. But... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so, it was... It, you, you know, like, the, the freshness of 8th of edition comes into it. And I, I, and I know I've, I sort of cut you off on your story. But honestly, I, I hope someone goes out and watches it because it's one of my favorite uh tournament reports you've done well, thank, you. Um, thank you so it's it's a lot of fun and and also because if you followed our, our man lawrence i don't know audience you may have noticed old old val bit of a fanboy <laughs> been watching been watching uh lawrence since he was whispering into the microphone yeah. and getting very close to all of his miniatures and very <laughs> slowly one of the telling originals. you about his battle reports <laughs> Uh, go go back and watch the first ever Table Talk Tactics game as well. And yeah. and if you want to see someone working on their craft, you yeah. will see the <laughs> you evolution. See the development, yeah. Yeah, it's right. amazing. <laughs> it's crazy. So you've won you've won four out of six and uh, and you've 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 now you've been humbled at the top table. Yeah. What do you what do you decide uh, first of all, how do they change the comp going into to uh, to sorry, no retreat six? Yeah. And what do you bring? Sure. So they so they, they then did address the comp. Um, because obviously they realized the 8th edition could get a bit crazy if there wasn't any comp whatsoever. Uh, so they limited it back down to two detachments. Uh, again, you needed the, to have to share the same sub-faction keyword across both detachments, so that means you must be the same army. But they have some caveats in that to allow things like um, Imperial Knights with you know, Astra Militarum, or you can do Chaos Demons with uh, any of the Chaos Marine factions, but they do quirky little things, which I think is really cool. Like, for example, if you've got a Heretic Astartes detachment of, say, Black Legion, and you have any marked units in there, um, if you also want to take a Demon detachment, it must share the same mark as your primary detachment. So, for example, if I had a Black Legion detachment with three units of Corn Berserkers, 
uh, my daemon detachment would only be allowed the corn keyword. So it kind of it keeps it truly monofashion. Exactly, it's truly monofashion. So it still allows oh. you to do that sort of fluffy, you know, corn demon kin list or something if you wanted to do that, like world eaters and corn demons. Or who would want to do that? No treat for yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> You're bringing up really painful memories for me here. <laughs> Maybe one day we'll have you back and we'll talk about our pre LVO chats. But that is exactly why. I was yeah, exactly, exactly. Now I should anyway, say ahead. this uh, about um, No Retreat. It is a fantastic format, but what it yes. really does do is goes a long way to, uh, I guess, curb the the saltiness that you, some people can have around seeing these spam lists or you know things which thematically would never sort of well would unlikely to be happen, uh, you know, happen in the game. Um, and here's here's if I sorry, I, I just want to build on like yeah. one of my big um, talking points kind of got into podcasting saying it is is that like really I think the problem a lot of players have isn't with how good an army is it's mm. with the aesthetics of an army 100% be- I agree because yeah. you know we're, we're painting these models we love this lore I guess some people are really into the, 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 the fluff and the story mm. behind it mm. and when you come out with an army that just doesn't make sense you know there's no uh, uh, very similitude ooh Ooh. Very similar to, <laughs> um, then then you know like it, it falls apart for them and it's mm. not fun. So comps that actually because to me like the good players, you know you, you could have a you could have a one HQ two troops yeah uh, uh, tournament. The best player is still going to win. Is my point. And you're still going to get Nanavati. Exactly you're still going to get Nanavati and, and Rudd on that top table. Yeah, exactly. So you know comp to me is a really great option for you know making things look more pleasing, which I yep. think make people more happy. Yep, I, I completely agree. I completely agree. I think you hit the nail on the head. I was going to say, in actual fact, uh, comp is not a bad thing. It's the best thing because comp is uh, comp makes you it forces you to make more intelligent list decisions. Actually, it yeah. actually Economy forces you choice. to do that. Exactly. You know, so that you're you're actually getting a better skill set. Uh, list building within comp, <laughs> then you are just taking anything that you want. Um, you know, so, and as you've just said, the best players will still win regardless of the format because they are the best players. So, you know, <laughs> and now, they're going to know what the best things in that <clears throat> format are, too. Exactly. Now, one thing I would like to say, because I, I, I think it would be unfair not to say, is that pl- please, please remember that no retreats um, is, you know, it's an invitational tournament. So you have to apply to get in. Uh, and you know you don't not everyone that goes there is a hardcore competitive player you know you've got people that are great painters you've got people that are very competitive and are very good players so Chris Tuttle uh, whilst you guys over in the uh you know states and canada and north america wouldn't necessarily know him over here he's always performed well at the big tournaments whenever he's gone to them such as the mm-hmm. northwest open last chance open he's a regular top five top six finisher so he is actually a great player right um mm-hmm. but you're going to get a really really wide variety of skill at sure. no retreat because they're not and how many just... how many players roughly well this this last one was the biggest ever it was 40 players that's wild. Um, right. Which is cool. You know, it's great. It's great to have that many folks play. And for, and for all my friends out there in America, uh, Google the Rock of Gibraltar so you know where they've attracted 40 players to get yeah. 40K going. Yeah. Uh, it's closer to Africa than England. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. It's an amazing venue. And the tables yes. are, like, sublime. Like, the terrain is just, they're all custom boards. Because we also haven't talked about who, who runs the event. It's, which is no, uh, which is uh, I, I was about to say no retreat. It's SM Battle Reports. <laughs> SM <laughs> Battle Reports, exactly. Yes. 
Mitchell so, Olsen. Obviously, terrain's gorgeous, and it has a, a definitely a, a like again aesthetically pleasing armies is a requirement to, yeah. to get there. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and yeah. So go ahead. So let's let's get on to it. What what happens? Right. So uh, I then return to No Retreat Six with vengeance in my heart, cheese in my hand, and. Uh, <laughs> So <laughs> all that stuff about fluffy, nice people going on a relaxing YouTube vacation. I, I said Not the true. others were fluffy and nice. I never mentioned myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, right, yeah, they're all jokes aside. So, I, look, to be fair, I did bring a themed list, but I did bring the pain. I brought a, a very, uh, I think, meta-capable list, mm-hmm. uh, and I brought an Ulthway list. Um, okay. Because the Latok's boring, guys. Be better than a Latok. Uh, <laughs> this, is where Lawrence, this is where I like to say, Lawrence, it gets very cute. It, gets it does. Very cute. It does. And I, I bought five wave serpents because, you know, they're not very good at all. Uh, all right. Okay. All, yeah. <laughs> all with uh, twin shuriken cannon, underslung shuriken cannon. Uh, I bought four units of guardians. Um, I was saying guardians were cool before any of the big guys said they were cool, by the way. Just want to put that out there. Uh, <laughs> you were pretty close. You were pretty close. Um, so I had four units of ten guardians uh, hanging out in their transports. I then had a unit of nine rangers to ensure that uh, I had a little bit of board control and potentially a deep strike zone. Uh, and I had three hemlock wraith fighters. Oh, my love for the hemlocks continue. Um, big fan. I know they're a bit like Marmite or Vegemite. I don't know if you guys get that over there, but uh, that's an Aussie either thing, love them or they hate them. You, you spent a lot. You, yeah, you spent time down under. Yeah, I did a, six years in it's Australia. It's an Anzac Anzac remedy for. <laughs> it's an Anzac remedy exactly. Uh, and then I bought Eldrad. You know, you have to bring the big guy himself. I bought an Autark, and I bought a Spirit Seer with the Ghost Helm of Ali Shazir. And that was the list. It was two thousand on the nose. It now made me feels very happy. Like, that feels like a bit of a pillow fight list. <laughs> well, you know, look, I, I decided to um, I decided to up the ante. Now, the thing is, they did comp it a little bit, remember, this time. So they did limit the power level. Uh, now, Big Bird subsequently had gone to 1,500 points by this point. Right. So he, yeah. he wasn't so a viable choice to, But you guys anymore. are building your... You guys apply and are building your list like yeah. well in advance, so I assume exactly. they lock things down. Yeah. Well, they do. You actually have to submit the lists three months before the event. Yeah. So, so that's... Yeah, you don't. Chapter approved, like right, right then happens. Is my point. So you're like, oh, okay. So you have to sort of anticipate what would still be good at the time. Yeah. Uh, And uh, yeah, look, I bought a nasty list. I I won't bore you with all of the games, but to cut a long story short, Chris had returned with a Zinch Demon list, which is which is also pretty strong. Um, Mm -hmm. And I he actually lost to Grey Knights of all things. Does anyone remember the Grey Knights? How about those Grey Knights? SN hasn't done as good of a job of, of, of sharing the story of the tournament just yet. And also, I know you've been busy, so yeah. you haven't gotten the Voxcast out. I don't I'm think. filming it on Monday, sir. Filming Great. it on Monday. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I saw that Grey Knights had kind of percolated up to the top. Now, what crazy? the heck is going on there? Isn't that crazy? Was there just a whole lot of demons in the meta? But even then, that doesn't help Grey Knights. Well, it doesn't, because the, the demons have the best stratagem in the world oh ever God. against the Grey Knights. So it's Our almost like... Hammers. Yeah, it's almost like the Grey Knights suck against demons in a way. You know, it's a funny thing. But if played well, um, they can, of course, prevail. Now, Toby Meadows, who piloted the Grey Knights, which ended up coming second place, uh, wow. is a great player. He's a great player. And again, he's a regular... Um, uh, let's call him the new talent, the new kid on the block. A, a comp, a comp where 
a comp where Grey Knights can come in second is is that's the kind of world I want to live in. But but this is the other thing because the other Grey Knights player did quite well as well. He finished in the top thirds because yeah. of the format and the comping. It allows some of the lesser seen armies to actually compete. Uh, mm. And it, it was that that comping which actually allowed me to do okay with Dark Elder, pure Dark Elder back in 7th edition, which won right, yeah. amazing, you know. Because the minute you start taking out some of the really nasty soup synergy, it, it yeah. does even the playing field a little bit more. Because let's face it, it some of the... Some of the biggest breaks in the game come from dipping in, dipping your toes into multiple different types of detachments and so forth. Sure, and, and, and we've also had, you know, almost nine, ten months now of time to figure out what what the, those good mixes are. Mm. You know, when you when you really shake up a comp like this, you know, if you had the exact same thing and you did it again, I think you'd get more optimization. You know, oh, like people are gonna are gonna build more to find the broken things that they can find. Oh, you're absolutely um, right. I agree. You know, especially if it, and again, guys, like this is this is a this is an event where uh, you know Lawrence seems to just go punch people in the face. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and have a good time, but yeah, uh, yeah like I, I think, yeah, any format, good players are going to find what you know. Th- there will be a broken thing in every format. Yeah, uh, just maybe they didn't find it on this one. Although maybe it's Grey Knight. So what were? Can I just before we get to the mm. to until I just <clears throat> blow the blow the story and just offhandly mention that you won this thing? Um, oh, <laughs> damn it! <laughs> Lawrence Baker won. Uh. Just had to uh, he won uh, uh, <laughs> no retreat six. Oh, we blew the lead again. We blew it again. Okay, sorry. Let's double back. What were the uh, what were the uh, what were the Grey Knights running? So he had a uh, he had a, in my opinion, like if especially if you're forced to to run Grey Knights, play uh, Grey Knights, as a, as, yeah. yeah, as a mono build. Uh, he did it the only way you could, in my opinion, and that was uh, interceptors. So he had his boots on the ground, which I believe he ran four units of interceptors on the ground. Uh, he mm-hmm. then had two Grandmaster Nemesis Dreadnoughts. He had a Storm Raven in there. Uh, he also had what was the rest of his list? I'm trying to I'm trying to remember. That's right, no, he didn't have. It. It's pretty close. He didn't have the Razorbacks. It was the other Grey Knight player that had the Razorbacks. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, essentially, how that is? Ah, of course, he had Caldor Drago. I'm just forgetting the big guy himself. Let's Caldor Drago. Let's be realistic here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that was his thing. Okay, so he had loads of interceptors on the ground. I think it may have even been five units of interceptors. You know, I I, I think it may have been five. Um, but he, and it's five five man units. It must be yes, five five man yeah. units. Correct, because he obviously needed as many units on the ground, which he would hide yeah. out of the way and to w- allow no retreat strikers to come in. No retreats playing sort of a almost etc ish thing, like preset. Like they used to do preset objective markers, maelstrom, yep. and then an eternal war. Yep. So the the eternal wars that you place yourself, but the maelstrom were predetermined and uh, set up on the, the same yeah. on every single board. Exactly right. Cool. All right. So, uh, look, he did really well with it because, um, actually, the Grey Knights do have some advantages. They kick out a lot of Dakar. Those Storm Bolters are no joke, uh, and you can combine it with, uh, you know, certain stratagems to make it good. The Storm Raven uh, can work really well with the Cybolt ammunition as well. But, overall, you know, would the list perform well uh, in a regular GT? No. It would do okay because Toby's a great player, but it's not going to get you top 16, you know, at the uh, Adepticon or something. But uh, look, it was a good list. For that format, it worked, and it was great because the format allowed that sort of list to work. Fantastic. Um, And so you you took great eyes on at top table? Is that what wound up happening? Well, this is the weird thing. So let me tell you a story. 
<laughs> Lawrence, I love hearing your stories. You like Please. my stories? <laughs> Indulge us. So Toby ends up facing Chris in the <clears throat> um, semifinals. Uh, and I assumed, you know, my hubris assumed, uh, my arrogance, I assumed that I would get to the final and that I would face Chris in the final and that vengeance would be taken, claimed by the spider. However, Toby stole it from me because he beat Chris in that semi-final game. And he, at that point, was the only person to win four games. And I was the only person to win four games. So the okay. natural, And it's win-loss? Like, that's, it's not it, battle points for win-loss? Well, no, there's battle points. And okay. see, this is the thing. Whilst I had won all four games by the tabling for the maximum battle points possible mm-hmm. by this point... Toby had just won some games, you know. Uh, He had won all four of his games, but he had not got anywhere near as many battle points as I had at the time. And the next highest player, who was running um, uh, an Ultramarine list, they were actually Blood Ravens with Gabriel Angelos, but he's using the Ultramarine Shaps tactics, uh, had won three games on max points and drawn one game. So it turned out that he had just a few more points than Toby had. So I ended up Mm -hmm. facing him in the final. But what could have happened is, depending on the result of that, if Toby had got another big win and I had only gotten a draw or a minor loss, Toby could have won it. But I didn't actually end up playing him, which was a shame in a way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But that's the way it worked out. So I ended up playing the uh, Blood Ravens uh, and you know look it, it was a, it was a good game but um, I he managed he was running Gabriel Angelos the Leviathan Dreadnoughts uh, a bunch of Hellblasters um, Assault Cannon Razorbacks you know kind of a, a, a and a load of scouts for screening kind of a yeah. uh, a marine castle we, I think we all know what's going on here yeah. right yeah, um, yeah. so that was what he was running uh, and I got my first turn by seizing the initiative which was very rude and uh, <laughs> the hemlocks opened Stylish. Up. Yeah, very stylish. Uh, well, I actually deliberately f- lost the roll-off to, to go first so that I could seize. You see, that was all part of the plan. So Just you to, could psych them out. Yeah, right, it's a psychological advantage, which any great player will know is it's very important in 40k. Absolutely. <laughs> and I, I opened up with the hemlocks. That, that's I, what the grizzled beard chisel <laughs> is all about. That, exactly. That, that shadow. Exactly. Yeah. It's why it's permanently affixed to my face. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, look, I, the hemlocks opened, the smites opened, the shuriken cannons opened, and um, it was that was that was that was that. Thank um, you very much. Yeah, thank you very much for playing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm sure I don't need, need to explain how the older list works and just how ridiculously good the Wave Serpent actually is. Um, it is really good, but ultimately like, I, I called it a bit of a pillow fight list because it doesn't feel like it has that hard punch, you know, no. like... The, well, look, it's still you know, take, Versus your LVO <laughs> list, like your LVO list had... Was a lot nastier, um, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, like super, super nasty. Well, the funny uh, but, thing I is, I mean, it, it didn't have dark reapers, but it did have uh, shining spears. It did have shining spears. It did uh, have the three hemlocks. units of them. It had the hemlocks. Yeah. So, the, do you want? Do you want to briefly talk about the comparison between my older lists from the LVO that I just took? Um, it, we're we're on your time right now. I'm, we're I'm, on still, my time. I'm having okay. a party here. <laughs> is, uh... Well, the key thing is I sort of learned a lot this LVO, and this will bring me back to um, to just talking about the LVO and Adepticon and Meta in general. Uh, when I went to the LVO, I think the Elder List I brought was 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 really strong and definitely had the ability to to maybe maybe creep me into the top eight, but it fell down 
uh, due to a couple of reasons. One, I wasn't familiar enough with the LVO missions. I, I hadn't played any up until that point, which was my mistake. Uh, Not true. You filmed at least three practice games. Well, I filmed, I, yes, but none with, with which I played. <laughs> Because oh, I was true. still painting my army the night before I got on the plane. <laughs> I don't know who convinced you to do that. <laughs> yeah, we are not, we're not mentioning any names, but it was definitely someone that began with their first name with Val. <laughs> anyway, uh, so a couple of failings on my part. I hadn't played any um, games with my list using the new mission formats. Mm-hmm. I hadn't Val studied. had sent you, by the way, you the had, mission pack weeks had. in advance. The problem is, I'm just you know so busy that I just couldn't read I it. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's look, it's my mistake. I completely take responsibility for my failings. Uh, and the list that I built worked really well, but I should have dropped. I, I took three units of uh, twenty guardians, so I recognised quite quickly that uh, the deep striking guard, guardian blob was going to be a big deal, uh, and it was. They were my MVP, really, uh, in in the LVO. So out of the four of six games that i won i'd definitely say that of those four games it was down to the guardians every time you know they really delivered they really really delivered but the third blob was a mistake i i needed to and again i just didn't have the models painted and by this point i didn't have the time to paint them Uh, i needed to replace that last blob of 20 ranger uh guardians with rangers to create myself a deep strike zone a drop zone because yeah. the two games that i lost i needed to go first and the only reason i needed to go first was because i needed to get my blobs in to range to deliver them yeah. effectively and yeah. what happened is i didn't go first they zoned me out and then i was on the back foot whereas if i yeah. had the rangers i would have been fine so learned a lot which is awesome I mean, and in any format, you know, anything that allows you to deny the neutral zone yeah. uh, is is super handy. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm trying to right now to wrap my my mind around, you know, trying to build a good ETC format tau list. I don't know if it exists, but I'm trying. Yeah, that's it. And, Still uh, too new to set to work out, I think. Yeah, well, there's some cool stuff in there for sure. But there's a unit that no one talks about because they're in the tau list. You know, stealth suits. They they have yeah. during deployment, uh, yep. um, neutral zone infractioning. I'm a big uh, fan of the stealth suits. I'm a big right. fan. I'm a big fan. But outside <laughs> of them, it would just be scout marines, scout marines. Um, yeah. You know, and uh, and nerglings that allow you to do that pregame. That would even pregame. You know, yeah. That that would uh, prevent you from. Do from your crew now too. get a move before the first turn though? Is Both it before pathfinders the- and crew. Both yeah, pathfinders and crew. So you can kind of use them to a similar, um, in a similar way, kind of. Uh, not as good as stealth suits, but um, there are some options. There yeah, are some sure. options. Um, yeah. yeah, but here's the thing: it comes down to board control. And as we've just seen with those those uh, those top lists at Adepticon, they were all about board control. Um, an eighth edition, given the fact with all of this deep striking meta and really powerful units coming down and deleting other units. You just need to have the ability to to control where they're placed. It, it's it's as simple as that. Uh, I didn't have that control uh, with my LVO mm-hmm. list, so that was my biggest learn. So next year when I go to the LVO, one, I'll have been playing their f- format missions all year, so hopefully I'll bring the pain again. Um, yeah. And uh, two, I will definitely have a list which is worthy of the actual mission format. But with this new list, in some ways, I actually think it's better. I know that's crazy. I think it's better you than the LVO crazy list. Person. 
I think it's better than the earlier uh, list I took. The, the flexibility uh, of the serpents and the ability to... Because to, they move 16 inches, dude. And it's no joke. They're <laughs> just the most frustrating thing to kill on the planet. They're tough to kill. They're great at, uh, you know, even a, things like obliterators, which are very prevalent here at the moment, you know, and plague burst cores and everything. You know, they struggle to deal with wave serpents, especially en masse. And mm-hmm. uh, the fact that I can put out those mortal wounds by popping the uh, wave serpent shields when I need to mm-hmm. as well. And then you've got a stratagem to actually do the shield again. So if you're if you're um, being really gamey, you can actually get 10 bursts of the shield across five turns um, with the five serpents, which is which is really nice nasty. That's a lot of mortal wounds, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I think the list worked really well. Um, I I'm not sure actually, that my LVO list would beat my Five Serpent list. It's a big call. It's a big call. But I think that the Septive, I think the Ulthway one that I took to No Retreat, whilst it was more themed, because I wasn't doing like a Latoc and Ulthway and so forth, I think mm-hmm. it might be better. How do you feel about that as a statement? Well, I mean, maybe in a in a 1v1 matchup, yeah. but uh, yeah, overall, I just, I wonder about how much teeth the, the, uh, that no retreat list really has. Like, if if you were to run into something that was very durable, um, well, I don't you know, think it, it, it be- kind of reminds me. It kind of reminds me actually of the same list concept as something like the seven flying hive tyrants because yes. that you don't have the best damage output, but you've got reasonably really good defense. Yes, and you've got very good movement. You got very good board com- control. You yeah. can deal mortal wounds. So you, I can see, I can see why the list would be good for sure. Yeah. Well, I, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a little insight into how it sort of works. Now, I, I'll caveat this by saying I don't think it could beat Plague Burst Quarter Span. Okay. Right. I don't think it could. I, I, and I agree with you. I don't think it has that sort of damage output. But I think that's more indicative of the fact that probably Plague Burst Crawlers are a, a little undercosted and that you can just frankly just get too many of them <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> for anyone to deal with, really. That's why the list yeah. is so good. But um, how the, the Hemlock Serpent combination works is, you know, when you're dealing with really tough stuff, the amount of mortal wounds that you can kick out from that Orthway list is really quite frightening because people forget as well and I don't know why they forget, but the Hemlocks are not only full Spirit Seers with full damage smite, right? Which you cast in the Psychic phase. So I go smite, smite, and then I'll often cast Horrify, yeah. or I'll do three smites. Uh, and then I've got the Spirit Seer with Ghost Helm of Ali Shazir, which gets a plus one on smite rolls as well. And I've got Eldrad. Mm-hmm. Um, and with Eldrad's re-rolling of Psychic Tests because of his runes, and the fact if he casts a power, he gets a plus one to cast um, for the, his next power. You can actually manipulate the smites to be quite reliable in casting mm-hmm. them, despite the beta rules. So you're kicking yeah. out quite a lot of mortal wounds in your movement phase. Uh, sorry, in your psychic phase. You've got the maneuverability via serpents, you know, to deliver these guys where you need to. Um, and with the hemlocks, this is the biggest sort of trick. What I would often do with my wave serpents and my um and my guardians is i would take lots of casualties from several different units okay Mm -hmm. um and i would use that glorious 12 inch minus two leadership bubble that the hemlocks afford me okay and in addition then cast horrify on like their big alpha blob or whatever and the people would just be picking up their models in the morale phase or burning through command points to try and save you (laughs) you know 
the synergy works really, really well. Uh, and for me, I found, you know, against a variety of different armies, so I did face lots of different things, uh, it, it, it was very effective. Now, it's not top, top tier, you know, because uh, for me, the Florence and the, the Play Burst Crawler still still beat it. But I I'd be know, happy it, to you, use, culti- uh, use it against the cultist list. I would be happy got, to use you- it against that. You've got movement. You got moral wounds. You got board control. Yeah, durability. Like it, it ticks a lot. Of, it ticks a lot of boxes. And I think that's one of the interesting things about Eighth Edition is that, you know, we all we all really lock into, you know, the seven flying hive tyrants or the, uh, you know, like the the eight plague burst crawlers or whatever. Mm. But there, there are those might be the like one hundred percent efficient options. Yes. But they're very well. There, there are definitely ninety five percent efficient options out there oh yeah that you know also will wreck and i think that's one of the dangers with hitting the nerf bat a lot is that suddenly you know if you reduce dark reapers by 20 percent, or sorry pardon, pardon me you know 20 30 percent efficiency hmm. well now now everything that uh you know they used to keep off the table just went up by 30 percent efficiency yeah right? exactly so you know if dark reapers really do take a tumble actually to me that's going to bring back a lot of stuff that um, maybe people don't like so much. Let me we'll ask see. you something. Let me put this question on the table right now. I'm going to drop it, it on it, the it, table. You ready for it? Put, is this the tactics table? This is the tactics table. What actually? I've this never is actually more... been here. This is wild. <laughs> right. Uh, do you think that they will in the FAQ? Obviously, this is all just you know spitballing here. But do you think they will nerf the Dark Reapers? Do you think that's yes. going to be a thing? You do. Oh yeah. You do. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I think, I, <clears throat> I, I mean... But yes. how do they I, do that? Because so they, they're not changing points, apparently. They never change points in FAQs, apparently. I haven't, I haven't, I, I haven't, I don't know where that idea comes from. Apparently, for, for me, all like the developers uh, talk. And they only yeah, change points in chapter approved or something. Again, so that I leaves one wrong. option. That leaves one option. Which Arata. is? Right. Yeah. They change the data slates. They um, actually change the living rules on their data slate. That's massive. Yeah. That's massive. Isn't that crazy? That's it's crazy. crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's as if we're in the 21st century, and you yeah. can just do that. I, I, I don't even know what to say. It's I don't even know what to say anymore. Uh, I mean, and the whole Yanari thing as well. Like, uh, I suspect, again, I don't know, but I suspect that they will uh, not allow Yanari to use Craftworld stratagems. Which I th- immediately puts them into a very dark yeah. territory. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, you know what'll be funny to me is is you know if if there's no actual changes to Yanari's ability to use Yanari's ability, yeah. Um, uh, everyone's going to say they suck, and then no one uses them for five minutes, and then and then they realize it's still like, good. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The Yanari will still stuff. be good. The, the Inari yeah, will it, always be good because they literally break the game by doing an out of turn sequence, uh, and that's and, <laughs> yeah. and it's, it's actually we we talked about him a lot. Is Nick Nanavati when he won LVO? He did he did the podcast circuit, and he was saying everywhere basically like consider the command point cost of the Inari abilities. Yes. How how many command points does it cost to shoot twice? Usually usually at least two. How usually many fight two again? Th- three. Fight three again points. is three always. Three points always. All right, move again at least once. Exactly. At least one. This right? is mathematics so, you know, here. <laughs> so, like, that's six <laughs> command points a turn. Oh, my goodness. You know, if, if you're being super efficient with it. Oh, my so, goodness. So, yeah, I mean, that, I mean, even if they don't have access to stratagems and, yeah. uh, <clears throat> and relic, whatever else, like, that's still insane. Like, yeah. that is, there's still good units that are going to be good with that. So, that's, the, that's cool. The way they should do it, 
uh, in my opinion, my humble opinion, okay, the way I would fix Yunari is, because the, the fluff and everything's really cool, is the Yunari should have a, a basically like a power from pain table, like the Dark Elder sure. do. Okay. Whatever, and, man. And exactly. And then the psychic power, <laughs> Word of the Phoenix, should still exist. Yeah. And she gets it. That's her thing. If Rain gets it, so she can let a unit soul burst, you know, once per turn. But at that point, it is just once per turn. It is a psychic power. It can be denied. No one's going to complain at that point. But when my, you get biggest, her psychic power and yeah. the army wide ability to do it, yeah. it's a problem. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, you can give them a tally, like the Epidemius or the old, yeah. old, old uh, uh, corn stuff. Yeah. But yeah, like, I mean, people, it's funny to me. Like, you know, the discourse on the internet is like, oh, the Yanari always have to have uh, Soul Burst. They've always had it. That was a year ago. Yeah, exactly. They, we, they don't. Was, they don't have a history. Twelve okay. months. I remember the squats. <laughs> Let's start talking. <laughs> you, know, you know, like also, I, I don't know. I, I really say this as much as I can. This is all made up. We just make the shit up, guys. I'm really offended all, by what you just be, said. It can be. It can be anything. It's real. Right? It's all real. No, it can be. Anything. It can You're be anything, right? right? Exactly. So, like, that's what I love, and and the fact that at least. GW has the is, is is has the tool and they are threatening to use it. We're going to see how well they use it. Maybe right now, guys. Maybe you're like, <laughs> I'm turning this podcast off because I'm reading the FAQ right now. Um, you know, there's some good stuff. So just to wrap it up, because you've given us a lot of time and I really, really appreciate it. I've been having fun. Hope the audience has too, maybe even. Um, <laughs> I want to ask you, what, what do you have coming up? I know you, you've qualified for the, uh, for the, 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 Capital G, capital T, Grand Tournament. Right. In Nottingham, Nottingham England. Yeah. I don't know how much more time you have. Feel I've, free to I've, speak I've about got that the one. time. Yeah, I've got the time. Okay, cool. So uh, I was uh, very jammy to uh, jammy means lucky, jammy, another, uh, by the way. Sorry. Wonderful word. <laughs> another <laughs> wonderful word from uh, overseas. To win the Heat 1 uh, GT for Games Workshop. Uh, and I was kind of really in my element there because one, it, they were just playing the, the missions out of the rule book. And that's what I play the majority of the time. Like I love the ITC mm -hmm. format and the different competitive formats, but the reality is that I, I don't get to play them that often. Um, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm playing regular games cause that's what we're doing on the battle reports. So I'm just very familiar. Yeah. I'm very yeah. familiar with how to sort of you know play well in that format so that was good and at the time i took the uh the ultramarine uh gilliman castle if you like uh with a little spin on it i had hunter killer missiles everywhere as well because um why would you not take that for six points when you can yep. re-roll hit and wound <laughs> i remember i remember uh reese didn't i don't think reese realized it was you but they were sort of recapping the tournament and he was like some guy just won heat one with tactical, tactical marines. marines yeah. Everyone, everyone out there who says tactical marines suck, check this out. Someone just won a tournament with them. So yeah, yeah. And I was like, that was Lawrence, of course. Anyway. That's right. Well, and you know, like I, I, I maintained back then that tacticals were good, especially with Gilliman, and uh, I was doing lots of different tricks. I won't bore you with yeah. all of the tactics now, but this was also pre spawned a really great 40k meme. Uh, which was they're letting Chads win tournaments now. That's I right. Think. <laughs> That's right. This is not your average looking uh, 40k player. Yeah, that was very funny. I was yeah. <laughs> I was both embarrassed and complimented one. by that. At the yeah, same that's time. the best kind. <laughs> all right. So what are you what are you thinking for the new one coming? Right. So so for the new one. So obviously this was all pre uh, a lot of the codexes. Again, Dark Reaper spam wasn't a thing at that time, which would have obviously nuked my list. So if you're wondering mm -hmm. how it actually won, that's how it. What you know, Reaper spam wasn't a thing yet. But uh, 
Now for this one, I've got a couple of options and I'm actually on pause because of this FAQ. Yeah, for sure. You know, like it's so hard to plan when they're about to probably flip the meta on its head. And when do they cut off lists? Like when do they cut off well, here's uh, the thing. Like new books and stuff or don't they? They don't. So <laughs> they they'll only cut off a book if it's released on the same day as the event. So well, I, I mean, so that rules out. So it's basically a week before then. Yeah, they, they release the books on the Saturday. Yeah. Now, depending on basically, I mean, look, my, my my sort of nickname's the Spider, and that came from the Void Spiders, which are my Drakari. Uh, mm -hmm. Assuming that the Drakari are released before the event, I'm very What's likely to take them. What's the date? What's the date of the event? Yeah. Okay, uh, the, the date of the event, I'm going to bring it up on the magic that is my internet calendar. Uh, <laughs> uh, so the date... I say May sometimes. <laughs> the date uh, is... Okay, the 11th of May is the Friday, it is. so it kicks off on Saturday the 12th of May, and Sunday the 13th of May, the champion will be crowned. I think you might have a chance to run some Void Spiders, my friend. I think I've got a very fair chance. Uh, yeah. Now uh, we'll probably see Drakari back into April, I would gather. We it would make sense. It would make sense. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to uh, to call it and then be wrong. Well, but um, <laughs> I mean, they, they they announced three, and they've released two of those three, and they've they, announced another three. It's correct. I mean, you know, just by the powers of deduction, I think we have well, a good chance. <laughs> I mean, that is the tremendous power in this in this world. So let's it not, is. Let's not wield it too uh, irresponsibly. Now, uh, I think uh, given 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 the Drakari being um, a potentially very powerful book, I will run them. Otherwise, I will probably run a chaos list of my own, uh, which mm -hmm. hasn't been seen yet on the channel or ever before, because I'm going to try and make it cool and different. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what would impact that list too right? yeah exactly right exactly right yeah so uh, i'm basically on pause with I, i've got a chaos list which i'm sort of toying around with i'm on pause with that at the moment because i want to see what the faq does um i don't think i'm going to take elder um i've got a weird love hate relationship with elder i find whenever i take yeah. elder to a big gt like the two times that i've taken elder to the lvo both times I've only won four games and lost two. Right. Uh, I yeah. think something out there is telling me that I'm not allowed to take Elder. It's probably the Drakari, because really I am a Dark Elder player. What if, <laughs> what if the clowns show up? What if right. the clowns show up? Do you have any okay. of those on the shelf? I'm going to reveal something to you now, okay? Now, I don't know, because if you are a Tabletop Tactics viewer... Podcast listeners, you are getting the scoop right now. It's an exclusive, okay? Exclusive! <laughs> I happen to have a 4,000-point Harlequin army. Another 4,000-point on-the-button army. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and it is competitively built for the Index, and potentially any change that they might do in, in, in a codex. Now, if they release that before, and it's got the teeth, which I hope it does, then yes, I may take a Harlequin army. Um, because you'll start seeing battle reports for the Harlequins in approximately 10 days. I was going to say, we haven't, we haven't seen them yet. Well, this is why Maybe it's an exclusive. Ghost, potentially a ghost maker. <gasps> oh, uh -oh. he's giving away stuff uh -oh. now. I thought uh -oh. I told you uh -oh. that we wouldn't discuss this. <laughs> <laughs> you told me on a podcast. <laughs> well, I mean, I hope no people one's going to probably, to this one now. Have to to probably this podcast, people yeah. are listening. <laughs> I, I, I'm happy to edit out most things you request. No, you keep it in. You uh, keep it in. It's, uh, it's all good. There you go. If, if people have made it an hour and 43 into our chat, 
Uh, they deserve a little. They bit deserve of a, a medal. <laughs> to be honest, a little bit of a tease. So let's wind it out. Anything just real, real high level. Anything for the summer? Like uh, you mentioned, the Northwest Open. I myself have a pretty big announcement to make. Right, a, a, a big exclusive announcement. Well, but I'm any, any other big events, or are you? Well, there are is you just focus big. on the channel. No, there is something big. So the week after the uh, Games Workshop GT, there's something called the London Grand Tournaments. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. And I've been invited into the invitational only tournament where, quote unquote, the best players in the world. So I don't know why I've been invited. <laughs> uh, he are, fans modesty, folks. <laughs> are throwing down. Uh, so we've got some big people that have been uh, invited, yeah. you know. How big, uh, so uh, how, how, how big is the bracket? Is it 30, 32? I or? think it's 32 players. And here's the really fun part. It's elimination. It's sudden yeah. death. So yeah. Only the best wins. The minute you lose a game, you're not good enough. You're cast aside into the regular event. (laughs) So is is it played alongside the big event? So it's played in the Friday evening uh, and the Saturday evening. Uh, evening, the the championship. So you can't crowned. play in the London GT if you've been invited to the invitation. Well, this is what I sort of asked Zach, who's who's running it. Uh, apparently, you can, but if you do that, that's going to be insane. That's like six games of forty k on on the Friday, another six on the Saturday, and then assuming that you've both won the invitational and you've won all six of your games on the Saturday, you would then go through to the Sunday top eight, where you have to play another three games. Uh, I think that would actually destroy me as a human being. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> did you follow? Do you follow Nova when it happens? Uh, Labor Day weekend? No, I, I, I've never followed Nova. I've always wanted to go to it, and I've, I've I don't know too much about it. Well, Labor Day weekend, maybe consider it. It's uh, but they do an invitational, and their final uh, it was a bit of controversy because it was actually a uh, a handshake game this last year. It was Ganyo and uh, I think pajama pants, right? And um. <laughs> um it was, I think, it started at six a.m. or seven a.m. or something dumb, oh, like wow. way early in the morning, because it was the and it was the final, and then they went into the singles. So you wow. cram them in wherever you can when you're when, when you're when you're elite status. You know you gotta you, you just gotta, gotta be able it. to show up and play. Well, I think I might I might depending on how um, the uh, GWGT does, I might bow out of the actual normal LGT event and just play in the Invitational uh, for the laughs. Oh. Uh, and try and claim oh. some sort of <laughs> that one's not uh, for the laughs. Glory. <laughs> That's not one, that one's not for the laughs, there, Lawrence. That one's the real one. Play in both. Well, if play I play in both. in both, I just think it. I'll be because that's two massive events then in on weekends in a row, and I like. Oh, it's going to be a tough one because I anyone that it's plays in these big events knows it's actually exhausting. I don't know what it, yeah, is. it is. It's really tiring, isn't it? It's like <laughs> I, 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 I put a GT on on par with. You know, thirty-six holes of golf. Yeah, or Iron you know, Man Marathon. Uh, you know, no, uh, just no, saying. I would not. No. <laughs> we would all be much. We would all uh, have uh, much, much better figures if it was like an Air- Iron Man. <laughs> so, Lawrence, here's here's a here's a gauntlet I will throw down to you because I'm Do about it. to an- announce the Val Heffelfinger Warhammer World Tour 2018. Oh my goodness! I will be uh, I'm fan uh, as as some. As some people may or may not know, I am somehow on Team Canada. I should stop saying it like that. No, no, you uh, are deservedly I, on Team I Canada. I am tremendously qualified to be on Team Canada. Don't ask any questions. <laughs> uh, 
Team Canada for the European Team Championship, which is, uh, I guess, the first weekend in August. Yeah. Uh, immediately before that is the European uh, Singles Championship, which I'll be attending. Very nice. And then the weekend before that, just outside of Liverpool, I believe, yeah. uh, is the Northwest Open, That's which right. I will be attending. Are you attending so, the NWO? I will be attending oh the Oh, my NWO. goodness. That uh, is huge. <laughs> it's pretty big. It's pretty big. It looks like a lot of fun. It's one of the bigger ITC format events. It is, yeah. Around. It's a good one to pick up uh, your points. It is considered a major. Yeah, and, and uh, it's played at a, a beautiful store. Yeah. Um, uh, just well, actually, just, I can't. I, one of the main reasons I like to go there, and of course, Martin, the guy, the proprietor, is uh, is awesome. You've got Ace Faces involved with running it. Looks right. like a great show. Sounds like a lot of good players will be coming out to yeah. get some extra reps. You'll get good. You'll get uh, good players yeah. there for sure. Yeah. So there you go. NWO Lawrence. Well, this is this is it's big. time for you that see, pint. I'm not currently committed to the NWO, and it's now vexed me greatly that you are going because I'm going to have to try and look at the dates. To see if maybe, I can make this happen, because I need your vexed. <laughs> I see what you did dark, there. Little dark elder, I little Drakari humor for you. That's you see. That's why it particularly tickled me because you know as one of those three dark elder players in the world. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> There'll be a few more in a month. Oh, I'm, I'm sure there will be. Uh, I won't say anymore, but I'm sure there will be a few more. <laughs> but uh, yeah, look, very exciting. Very exciting. Cool. I'm going to have to try and make this happen because we must have a pint. Well, there you go. At the very least, uh, I'll meet you at the airport on the way out. Bam. So uh, with without further ado, I mean, this has been a tour de force. I, I, I thank you for coming on. This is your second appearance, I think. Pablo it had it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We've, yeah, we've yeah, chatted so. before. We've had a, had a good chat. Yeah, so uh, this is the Val Heffelfinger Experience, the probably first and last pirate edition of Chapter Tactics. I hope all, all you people listening enjoyed yourselves. Lawrence, thank you. Thank you, sir. You're very welcome, and uh, I guess enjoy those games out there, folks, and uh, we'll talk to you real soon.